ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय So we're reading from Canto 4, chapter 19, text 23 and onwards. And if you recall, <clears throat> it's a very interesting <clears throat> storyline that's going on here where Prithu Maharaj is performing sacrifices <clears throat> for the pleasure of Vishnu. And uh, he's about to do number 100, which would surpass, or tie, I guess it would surpass, it would tie Indra. And uh, Indra <clears throat> does all these things to uh, try to stop it, including dressing as a Sudho sannyasi, and uh, in this way trying to uh, stop the sacrifice. So in this verse that we're talking about, right, the first verse is about, or the purport at least, um, is talking about his dress as a mendicant or a sannyasi. Oh, thank you, Govind. Whatever different forms Indra assumed as a mendicant because of his desire to seize the horse were symbols of atheistic philosophy. So that's <clears throat> interesting because uh, while we take <clears throat> the Bhagavatam literally, um, it doesn't mean that there are not symbolic um, instructions there. <clears throat> so his dressing as a sannyasi, as a fake sannyasi, uh, in order to get his needs met. I don't know why my throat is. <clears> throat> me. Um, symbolizes atheistic philosophy. And in the purport, Srila Prabhupada says, such sannyas was introduced by Indra. Well, he says, according to Vedic civilization, sannyasa is one of the essential items in the program of Varnashrama. One should accept sannyasa according to the parampara system of the acharyas. At the present moment, however, many so-called sannyasis or mendicants have no understanding of God consciousness. Such sannyas was introduced by Indra because of his jealousy of Maharaj Prithu, and what he introduced is again appearing in the age of Kali. Practically none of the sannyasis in this age are bona fide. So, um, a few things about that. In one place, the Shastra says that uh, uh, one of the things forbidden in Kali Yuga is sannyas. But of course, that's specifically Advaita sannyasi or impersonal sannyasi. So, uh, in other places, it says that for a sannyasi, you know, like, like in a white cloth like or, you know, silk cloth like this, if you have a little stain, it really sticks out, right? If there was a black ink mark, even the, even this big here, it would be like, why is he wearing that kurta? <laughs> Doesn't he see that there's a stain there, right? So it's said that uh, for a sannyasi, um, you know, any bad character is like a black stain on a white cloth. It, it sticks out. So sannyasis have to especially be, as Krishna says in Gita, yad yad achadati shrestas. Tatareve tarojana, sayapramanam kurute, lokas tadanu vartate, that 
uh, whatever uh, standard a great person sets by their exemplary beha exemplary behavior, all the world pursues. And it's unfortunate, um, right? Uh, if you read the Times of India, things like that, they'll often highlight a, uh, we won't mention any names, but uh, a sannyasi who, uh, you know, has been caught either, it's usually, usually everything in Kali Yuga comes down to um, sex and money, <laughs> basically, right? One of those things. Um, and of course, they, they, they um, highlight that in the news when, when such a uh, thing happens. So it's also incumbent upon us, therefore, as... Um, Followers of Srila Prabhupada, not, we may not be sannyasis, but we um, want to set a good example. And uh, because people watch uh, what a uh, devotee does, and what's uh, and and especially in Kali Yuga, where so many people are looking for faults, and it almost can legitimize um, the faults of a saintly of a person who's in spiritual cloth. Uh, can legitimize someone not taking their spiritual practices very seriously. It's just like, yeah, it's all, it's all a hoax, you know, it's all, right? And uh, so we want to uh, try to set a good example in our uh, life. There's achar and prachar, right? The uh, uh, and Sanatana Goswami, he glorified. Haridas uh, Thakur, right? Because he said that some people have very good behavior, but they don't help others and they don't know the philosophy very well. And some are great scholars, but they don't have very good behavior. But he said, uh, you, Haridas Thakur, um, well, scholars, or we could say uh, they don't, you know, help others in their Krishna consciousness. But you, Haridas Thakur, you, you do both. Right? And so he said, you, therefore, you're the spiritual master of the entire universe. He had great personal behavior and uh, great uh, ability to help others in their Krishna consciousness. So some thoughts on this? Yes, is there a microphone? Well, this will come up again later, but I just want to get it off my chest. <laughs> okay. Indra is going to come out like, looking like the bad guy and King Prithu like the good guy. Right. But didn't King Prithu, wasn't he competing with Indra? I mean, everybody knew Indra had done a hundred horse, a sacrifice, so wasn't he kind of competing in that way? Well, that does come out later. Yeah. Doesn't it? Um, you can just leave it. <laughs> um. Prabhupada mentions it in one sentence or half a sentence that they had envy of one another. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, that's what you read. Yeah. Um, in general, though, we, we, uh, uh, the text says that Indra was um, wanting to please Lord Vishnu by the sacrifice. But you're, but you're, but, uh, yeah, and therefore, because that was his main focus, and another place in a purport that we'll read a little later. Um, it was actually getting absorbed in these hundred sacrifices. It was kind of a deviation from his main duty of taking care of the citizens. So, so yes. But uh, Indra always kind of comes out the bad guy, but then redeems himself in the end. Right? Even, uh, of course, the most famous is the Govardhan Leela. 
right, where he sent torrents of rain and, um, and Krishna lifted Giriraj with his left pinky. Right. Um, but he apologizes. He goes to Surabhikund and he apologizes um, and he seeks forgiveness for his offenses. And, but yes, he seems to always get himself in trouble. <laughs> I find it so interesting, though, because um, King Prithu is an incarnation of... of right, he's a Shaktyavesa avatar. But he can still make mistakes and do wrong things because he's only an incarnation. He's not a direct manifestation of Krishna. He's well, incarnation. He, he is a Shakya avesh which literally means uh, inf a, a jiva, a soul, uh, infused with the shakti of Lord Vishnu. Yeah. So whether it make mistakes or whether, um, I think a better, a safer way to look at it is, you know, this all came about for this pastime to take place. And we're talking about those kind of people, like, you know, shaktivesh avatars, right? Uh, or... Um, because really his motivation was to please Lord Vishnu. And the, 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 reality, and the reality is because he didn't like, when, when he was told by Lord Brahma, don't do the hundredth one, he said, oh, okay, right? Yeah. So we can sometimes, uh, many devotees consider Srila Prabhupada Shakya Avesh uh, uh, in the sense that he, had, he was empowered by um, Krishna to spread, to spread Krishna consciousness. Um, but does that mean, you know, when he was quoting a Gita verse, he might, you know, put the words in reverse order or something like that? That's not the, uh, that's not the way, that's not the, th the thermometer in which you test perfection. Um, perfection in, in spiritual circles are based on one's motivation to please Krishna. I think, I think the mode of goodness that we can experience here is not the same mode of goodness that you find in Goloka. Right, because that's called, there's sattva guna and then there's shudha sattva. And shudha sattva is without any material tinge. So we judge a devotee more by anyabhilashita sunyam, jnana karmanda navridam, anukulyena krishna anushilinam bhaktirutamam, that uh, free from desires for, um, for self, any selfish desires, basically. That's what, for, and then serving Krishna favorably as he desires. TK? I mean, okay. Jiva? Hare Krishna. Very nicely explained. There is also, also a detailed reference in the Puranas about this incident. It all started when Mother Earth had kept the seeds right. within her. And Prithumaharaj was you know, asking and she gave him the suggestion that level the land. Right. And we know that Indra takes pride in using his thunderbolt in leveling the you know, hills and mountain peaks to destroy them. And Prithu Maharaj, he, you know, there was no grains. So how can he do an Indra Yagya to request Lord Indra to do that? So he took it on himself yeah. and he leveled the land. But that cause, this was a cause that had the effect of Indra getting upset. Uh -huh. So the Purana, is, <clears throat> I have to cite exact uh, reference. But Indra got upset that, you know, he's doing that. And then Prithu Maharaj is going with a hundred sacrifice. Yeah. So he's feeling uncomfortable. Double right? upset. Right, so yeah. it's like it's just accumulating, and he's, yeah. uh, and that's how the effect we see in this story, while the cause was much earlier, mm. and there was no grains because the grains were, all the seeds are in Mother Earth's. Yes. You know, so. 
So that's a, thank you for that. And it seems that Indra doesn't like it when people stop offering him puja, as we see in the Indra Yajna. And also you're making an interesting point that um, often in the Shastra we see that there, and, and probably in our own lives, but we don't see them so clearly, that there's remote causes. Um, for example, something happens, like Srila Prabhupada's famous statement where he said, do not be upset at the agent of your karma. Right? So you have some karma coming to you um, due to some activities in previous lives. And, you know, um, someone, you know, steals your laptop or whatever, you know, who knows what happens in our life, right? Um, well, not that we don't try to get the laptop back. That might be the, but let's say somebody just, um, you know, uh, speaks ill of us to others. And he said, don't be upset at the agent of your karma. Because in one sense, this person is handing you your karma on a silver platter. Right, uh, so seeing remote causes and not just the apparent ones that are in front of our nose is part of a spiritual practice. Um, and and even in the positive, where Krishna says ananyas chintayanto mam yejana paryupasate teisham nitya bijuktanam yoga shemam mahamiyam. He also says, in the positive sense of seeing Krishna's hand, he says that. Um, uh, for those who are devoted, he preserves what he preserves what we have. He carries what we lack. So, the, one of the challenges, or one of not the challenges, one of the ecstasies of being a uh, of really trying to be a spiritual person, a devotee of Krishna, is to see the Lord's hand in both the good and the bad, and also our karma. Uh, in other words, to see the bigger picture, like you're saying here. There's a story behind this. Right? Even uh, we won't go into the details here, but I just read a Puranic story about, and there's several ways to look at uh, Lord's banishment of Sita Devi to, as, when she was pregnant. Um, but one of them, is, I won't go into the story here, but it, it entails two birds that Sita uh, caught that they were. Anyway, it's a long story. We won't go into now. Um, there's also the ethical dilemma that Lord Ram was faced with, that he is a He's a king, and the 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 uh, uh, ra, the duty the raj dharma, and he's a husband. And the two had uh, how do you choose between two two dharmas? All right. Any other points? Okay, so we'll uh, we'll go on. In this way, King Indra, in order to steal the horse from P King Prithu's sacrifice adopted several orders of sannyas. Some sannyasis go naked and some they wear red garments and pass under the name of kapalika. These are simply symbolic representations of their sinful activities. These so-called sannyasis are very much appreciated by sinful men because they are all godless atheists and very expert in putting forth arguments and reasons to support their case. We must know, however, however that they are only passing as adherents of religion and are not so in fact. Unfortunately, bewildered persons accept them as religious, and being attracted to them, they spoil their life. So that's a very strong statement there, but for a reason, because most people are innocent. <clears throat> and if, uh, <clears throat> if people um, um, fake religiosity, they can easily influence not such uh, you know, innocent, and perhaps naive people. And really it's important that people in general 
get an opportunity. They, it's whether they take it or not, that's up to them. But they get an opportunity for real spirituality. Right? Dharma projita kaitravata paramo nirmatsaranam satam. The very beginning of the Bhagavatam, the second verse, says that this Bhagavatam, uh, dharma projita kaitava, any kind of kaitava, cheating dharma, is kicked out of the Bhagavatam. So again, that's again incumbent upon us also to be <coughs> sincere devotees. Maharaj Prithu, who was uh, celebrated as very powerful, immediately took up his bow and arrow and prepared to kill Indra himself because Indra had introduced such irregular sannyas orders. When the priests and all the others saw King Maharaj Prithu very angry and prepared to kill Indra, they requested him, O great soul, do not kill him, for only sacrificial animals can be killed in a sacrifice. Such are the directions given by the Shastra. And again, Prabhupada mentions as he mentions repeatedly in this chapter that the animals were not actually killed, um, they were revived by the Vedic mantras in those bygone days. Dear King, dear King, Indra's powers are already reduced due to his attempt to impede the execution of your sacrifice. <clears throat> we shall call him by Vedic mantras, which were never before used, and certainly he will come. Thus, by the power of our mantra, we shall cast him into the fire because of he is your enemy. My dear Vidura, after giving the king this advice, <clears throat> the priests who had been engaged in performing the sacrifice called for Indra, the king of heaven, in a mood of great anger. When they were just ready to put the oblation in the fire, Lord Brahma appeared on the scene and forbade them to start the sacrifice. Lord Brahma addressed them thus, My dear sacrificial performers, you cannot kill Indra, the king of heaven, it is not your duty. You should know that Indra is as good as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Indeed, he is one of the most powerful assistants of the Personality of Godhead. You are trying to satisfy all the demigods by the performance of this jagna. But you should know that all these demigods are but parts and parcels of Indra, the King of Heaven. How, how then can you kill him in this great sacrifice? In order to make trouble and impede the performance of King Prithu's great sacrifice, King Indra has adopted some means that in the future will destroy the clear path of religious life. I draw your attention to this fact. If you oppose him any further, he will further misuse his power and introduce many other irreligious systems. Let there be only 99 sacrificial performances for Maharaj Prithu, Lord Brahma concluded. Lord Brahma then turned towards Maharaj Prithu and informed him that since he was thoroughly aware of the path of liberation. What was the use of performing more sacrifices? Prabhupada writes in the purport, Just as it is the nature of all living entities within this material world to become envious of their competitors, King Indra, although the king of heaven, was also envious of King Prithu and therefore wanted to stop him from performing 100 sacrifices. Actually, there was great competition and King Indra, to satisfy his senses, began to invent so many irreligious systems to obstruct King Prithu. To stop these irreligious interventions, Lord Brahma personally appeared in the sacrificial arena. As far as Maharaj Prithu was concerned, he was a great devotee of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, 
Therefore, it was not necessary for him to perform the, the prescribed Vedic ritualistic ceremonies. Such ceremonies are known as karma, and there is no need for a devotee in the transcendental position to execute them. As the ideal king, however, it was King Prithu's duty to perform sacrifices. A compromise was therefore to be worked out. By the blessings of Lord Brahma, King Prithu would become fam more famous than King Indra. Thus, Prithu's determination to perform 100 sacrifices was indirectly fulfilled by the blessings of Lord Brahma. So, um, of course, we, we would think that Lord, uh, that uh, Maharaj Prithu, as a great devotee, didn't care about pratishta, right, fame and glory. But even if he didn't, he got it by even doing, he did less than Indra, but he became famous for doing that. Um, it's also really interesting that Lord Brahma doesn't, Indra was clearly more the wrongdoer, right? But Lord Brahma goes to Prithu Maharaj to try to get a compromise. And I think this is instructive to us, right? Just like if you have children, how many of you have uh, two children or more? Okay, right? So sometimes if the, if the younger child is doing some mischief, right? Or, or, or is in a fight with the older child, the parents, even if it's the younger child's fault, the parent will all often go to the older child, saying, well, you're older. You should know better. Right? You're more mature, right? Isn't it? It doesn't happen with uh, Govind. <laughs> He's got an older brother. Uh, but sometimes it'll be, my mother was like that. I had an older brother. Right? So she would get on his case because he was more mature, and uh, you know, easier to deal with than in, uh, an irate and upset young youngster like myself at that time. My brother was six years older than me, right? So here, clearly, uh, of the two, it was easier for Lord Brahma to approach Prithu Maharaj. Right? He was uh, more cool-headed, and not doing all these things, dressing up as sannyasi, stealing horses, you know, all that sort of stuff. So interesting that he approached Lord Brahma, Lord uh, Prithumaras, and said, no, no, you should stop doing that. You should just stop. Right? Instead of saying, Indra, you're such a rascal. Why, you know, why, um, why are you doing this? Just you know, uh, let Prithumaras do his hundredth sacrifice. Right? So I thought that was uh, interesting that uh, he went to the easier person to control and influence. Right? Uh, and also, uh, we see here that sometimes compromise is a very good way to um, deal with situations. There's basically basically five choices in any kind of conflict. Right? First one is that you can avoid you can avoid the conflict. Right? And that sometimes is good, but sometimes the conflict just gets bigger if you avoid it. Right? But sometimes, have you ever been in a conflict with somebody, especially if it's your spouse, and you say, okay, well, you know, let's just take rest and see what it looks like in the morning. And somehow it looks different in the morning. You just kind of... So sometimes avoiding is good, sometimes it's bad. Another one is to just give in, right? Is to accommodate. Right? No, no, that's okay. And that's fine when the relationship is more important than the outcome. Right? Uh... If you're taking a trip to uh, India, and um, you know 
you're going to, you have to visit your relatives in Gujarat and you want to go to a holy place like Vrindavan, right? So you were kind of thinking, well, better, we probably better to fly into Mumbai, visit the family in Gujarat, and then uh, take uh, the Rajdhani to Vrindavan, right? But your spouse is saying, no, no, I really want to go to Vrindavan first. I just really need to get spiritually surcharged. Then you say, yes, okay, no worries, right? Didn't matter, six of one, half dozen of the other, right? Um, so uh, you accommodate. And that's, that's sometimes really good because the relationship is more important. You know, having a pacified uh, spouse is more important than whether it's you have a, a Dal Dokali in Gujarat or uh, rotis in Vrindavan <laughs> or whatever, right? Um, but sometimes if you always accommodate, always give in, always give in, uh, you often get resentful of other people. Right? But that's another choice in a conflict, is accommodate. Then on the other side, there's competing, where it's like my way or the highway. right? Win-lose. I have to win. <clears throat> and that's sometimes really good. <clears throat> if you see a child running into the street, you don't try to be nice to the kid. You grab him by the, you know, by the shoulders, and you drag him back to safety. <clears throat> there's other times to sweet-talk the child, but it's really important that the outcome takes place, right? Or, and there's many, many things in life that are like that. But if your only <clears throat> thing in a relationship is compete uh, my way, you, I win, you lose, that, that relationship is usually very strained, <clears throat> right? Um, I remember this one poster uh, that a person had. It was, a, it was behind his uh, desk in his office, and it showed like a, a mafia guy with like his five bodyguards and coming out of his mouth, it says, when I want your opinion, I will give it to you. <laughs> so, you know, that's... Uh, so then, <clears throat> compromise is when everyone wins a little and everyone loses a little, right? There's, a, there's one orange left in the house, and the, two, the brother and the sister are fighting over it, and the parent comes along and just says, stop fighting, cut it in half, boss. Right? So that's compromise. They, all, they both wanted the whole orange, but they only get half. Right? <clears throat> but it's very quick. So here Brahma just says, you know. uh, now, the other, now what, uh, the last one is collaborate, where you uh, try to work together to come to a solution where everyone can win. So if the parent had asked, why do you want the orange? And if the da daughter had said, well, I'm, I need the peel because I'm baking a cake and I want to great the peel of the orange and the, 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 why, my dear son why do you want the orange well I'm catching a cold and I want the vitamin C I want the juice so that would be collaboration where they could all get a hundred percent of what they want uh -huh. so here it seems that Lord Brahma has chosen compromise it was very quick he just said let's just or in one sense he's told Prithu kind of compromise slash accommodate just let Indra have his hundred sacrifices don't worry about it. You have so much uh, more important things to do with your life. Right? So it's interesting that we basically have these five choices in any conflict, in any relationship. And the thing is that most of us have a, uh, a default, one or two that we use all the time. And it's good to know there's actually five. And according to the Desha Kalapatra, the time, place, and circumstance, um, one of them is probably the best choice. 
Like collaborate is great, right? Win-win. It's not great if you're in a rush because it takes time to sit down and talk things out, right? Um, so all of them are good sometimes and all of them are bad sometimes. And I think if we looked in the Shastra, we would find times when each of them were used. Uh, any thoughts on this verse? Yes, uh, microphone. Uh, I really appreciate uh, giving different types of uh, negotiation, like, you know, uh, balancing stuff. And thank you for that. Uh, but my question is, whenever a devotee gets affected, uh, Krishna protects him, uh, you know, comes and comes for his protection. And here, Prithu Maharaj is trying to please the, you know, Vishnu on his sacrifice. Right. And he didn't come for his protection, but like here, it is quietly shifted. Like in Ambarish Maharaj's story, um, you know, basically, he basically makes sure that Mahar uh, I don't know the name facts that like he makes go back to the Ambarish Maharaj to uh, get his uh, forgiveness for right. his mistake. Right. Uh, so he teaches a lesson in the Giri Govardhan Giri. Uh, uh, Leela or Giri then Leela also, he teaches Indra a lesson. Uh, here, uh, God is like Supreme Lord is coming like, you know, in front of uh, him and then like uh, for his illicit act, like, you know, he's supporting him. Why there is a shift and what is the reason? Well, uh, you know, it's, <coughs> first of all, it wasn't God, it was Lord Brahma right now. It's he's Vishnu comes in the next uh, chapter. Yeah, he's representing Supreme yeah, Lord. Yeah, right. Um, there's no, um, uh, what does it say about Krishna in the very first verse of the uh, Bhagavatam? Abhigya Swarat. Right? So we all know this word Swarat, right? Because Swaraj, famous word in India, right? And it means uh, freedom, independence. Yeah, independence. Um, so Krishna can do things, you know, he, he knows he's the perfect judge of time, place, and circumstance perfect judge of time, place, and circumstance. And so much about life is about that, right? A wise person is not, um, is wedded to principles in life, right? But how to apply those principles in practical life takes uh, not just knowledge, but realization, right? So we are very, we're very firm about our principles, right? <clears throat> like kindness to other living entities and uh, ahimsa uh, and, uh, you know, um, <coughs> bhakti, devotion to the Lord. How that's applied will <coughs> be different according to the situation we're in, right? Um, we, we, we go, we like to do uh, sankirtan on the streets of uh, Washington, D.C., right? Um, but we don't want to do that in Iran. <laughs> we might not last very long. <laughs> or whatever, right? So the time, place, and circumstance. The principle is to help others and to glorify Krishna's name. The details. So, so Krishna will apply different details in different places um, in, for the needs of here, Prithu and Indra. Um, but the principle is that he's always helping his devotees. He promises that in the Gita. But how he does it, yeah, look at, you know, sometimes it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, you become a great devotee and everything becomes, uh, you know, all the lights turn green when you're driving and, uh, you know, 
you, you, when, you, when it is time to die, you die very peacefully. No, you know, there's all kinds of challenges. You look at uh, um, what happened to Queen Kunti. <laughs> right? Look what happened to the Pandavas. They were exiled and so many things, right? Um, so Krishna deals with that. But we know that we have, the, the devotee has the faith that ultimately Krishna is doing things for our uh, benefit. But the challenge, and it's not an easy challenge, and I think this comes up in the next verse, matter of fact, is to see that benediction as we're going through it. We usually tend to see Krishna's blessings and mercy with 2020 hindsight. You know, afterwards. You know that story. We all know that story. But I mean, it's so fun to tell the story. But I can tell it in 30 seconds now. That the, right, that the, uh, the, um, King uh, somehow, in a, in a terrible way, lost one of his fingers, and the minister said to him, "That's Krishna's mercy." And you know how somebody, if they, if you're really upset, and somebody says, "Oh, Krishna's mercy, Prabhu," you feel like saying, "I'll give you some of Krishna's mercy," you know, right? Uh, so um, the king got very upset with the minister for saying, "What do you mean, it's Krishna's mercy? Ah, it was terrible. It was terrible." And he threw him in jail, right? And then he went on a tour of the kingdom, and he got captured by some. Uh, um, Aborigines, we could say, and they were going to offer him as a sacrifice, a human sacrifice. And just before they were about to offer him, they saw that one of the fingers was missing. He said, "Well, we can't offer," and you know, a deformed. So he was he was released, and he goes back to his kingdom, and he uh, he releases the uh, minister, and he says, "You know, you were right. Actually, that was Krishna's mercy, right?" And then he said, "But how is it Krishna's mercy that you were in this damn?" jail for so long eating terrible food and you know no association and the minister says well usually I travel with you when you tour and I have all ten fingers <laughs> so it was definitely Krishna's mercy that I was not with you, that I was in jail at this time so um, the challenge one of the challenges in life is to see Krishna's mercy it's, it's easy to say it Krishna's mercy especially when things go well but not everything in this world is supposed to go well it's not the design of this world so that was a long answer to a short question. Yes. So we were talking about karma. Like I read, there's two types: prarabdha and sanchitta. Prarabdha is that yeah. the first word? Okay. And sanchitta. So I read like one is sanchitta is like your warehouse of karma, mm -hmm. and prarabdha is the karma that Krishna has allocated for you to finish off in this life. Is well, I don't, where did you read that? Uh, it's an article by Sadhguru. By? Sadhguru. Okay. Well, the, uh, Srila Rupa Goswami gives a bit more of a, um, of a, de a detailed explanation. He talks about karma in four stages. Aparabdha, not parabdha, aparabdha, kuta, bija, and then parabdha. Okay? And... Uh, this is in a book called The Nectar of Devotion, or, uh, which is a translation of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, which is a wonderful book. I highly recommend it. Um, and so there he talks about Aparabdha is this, um, uh, similar to the Sanjita, this, this um, you could say like it's like almost like a big pot of, of 
karmic reaction, karmic you know reactions to karma that of so many different things that we've done in past lives. Okay, and one of the, as some of them start you know percolating as you could say, and uh, into a um, slight psychological inclination. And that aparabdha kuta that's called kuta. And then as we start meditating on that, it becomes a bija, which is like a, uh, a desire to do something wrong, especially if we're talking about doing bad karma. Okay? And then we actually do it, uh, and that has two effects when we actually commit a, uh, a, what we call a sinful activity or pop. Right? It, it increases that big pot, and also we get a reaction in this life. Right, so it's so it's a very so karma is very 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 entangling, right? Because of this, because of this process. Um, so the, so you could say like for example, um, you know one of the, a, a thought comes in the mind and it's like, um, uh, boy, I could really use some a whole lot of money, and I like to get it in an easy way, right? And then you drive by a bank. And you think, oh, and you say, ah, no, I'm not going to, that, that would be like kuta. You know, you're not going to do it, but, mm. And bija, you start thinking about it, and you see when the Brinks truck comes, and you have it all timed out, right? And you figure out how you're going to commit that activity. And then you do it. And let's say you get caught, right? So then you get the, the immediate reaction, and it also increases the desire for doing selfish activities. So this is this process is uh, is explained in really great detail by uh, in, in by uh, Rupa Goswami in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. So, but the but the overall point is that it's very very entangling, and um, it, Lord Brahma. Since we're talking about Lord Brahma, he says karmani nita hati kintu bhakti bhajam. He said that the way to get free because it's such an entangling mess. And uh, the way to get free to, of it is that Krishna cuts it away by when we perform bhakti. And therefore, that's the last instruction of the Bhagavad Gita, right? Because it could sound, you hear about this and it can become really fearful. Oh my God. And then Krishna says, Sarva dharman parichagya mam ekam sharanam braja ahang tang sarva papebhyo Mokshai Shishami. Then he says, Masuchai. He says, Don't worry about this whole mess. And don't try all these, don't try any other religious activity except uh, bhakti. And uh, he says, Don't worry. You're not going to, you don't lose out. Sarva papebio, all the pop goes away. Um, and, uh, and it's a gradual process, by the way. At first, uh, uh, it works on the aparabdha then the kuta, then the bija, and then the prabdha. This is part of our prabdha karma, our present reaction, getting whatever birth we take in whatever country and whatever parents and socioeconomic background and all those kind of things are part of our prabdha karma. Um, and one time a devotee asks, asks one of the great acharyas, well, if you become fully pure, then why do you still have this body, which is prabdha karma? And uh, the answer came back that Krishna allows you to keep that in order to benefit others. Is that all right? That's a, I can show you more detail about it sometime if you're interested.
Shall we move on? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, microphone. it, I have not understood it. No problem. But you're sitting here, so this is the culmination of your understanding. I feel I'm not in that intellectual to understand it. But I just have a question which I have read somewhere, okay. and uh, it's not my question. But I just want to know the opinion of Bhagavad Gita on okay. this. Okay, we'll try our best. So let's assume that at some point there was nothing. Uh -huh. The universe was not there, no human being was there, there was nothing, it was just Shunya. Right. Zero, nothing. God was there. Godhead was there. So when it all started, I did not do anything. So why did it start? You didn't do anything? I, at some point, God created me. Right. At some point, at the very beginning, I don't know how many trillion years ago, <laughs> right. or light years ago. At that point, I did not exist. So what wrong did I do that I got something? I had not done anything. Well, it's, okay, well, you got, that's a huge question. You had got three hours? I'm <laughs> um, just, just, just trying to understand yeah. what Bhagavad Gita says about well, We talk about karmas, right? Well, we, yes. And uh, these things. What when I did not do anything at the very beginning? Well, because one of the, um, we, we were talking about the word swarat, right? A few minutes ago, independence. So we, uh, God creates us, he actually creates us with minute independence. It's not complete independence, right? If I, if I was completely independent and God just cre uh, fulfilled all my desires, and I, first thing I'd say is, I want to be a billionaire. And then I could go online and check uh, Bank of America and see that I have a billion dollars. <laughs> Why not? But we have minute independence. And, the, um, and our existence... It's 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 very it's practically impossible to understand with our mind. But we are called anadi. We, there wasn't a time we're eternal, right? Um, but yet we, as you point out, we come from God. But as it, the essence of us, which is sometimes in in, in Sanskrit called swarup, uh, is uh, this choice. Uh, in, in the Gita, Krishna talks about icha, which means uh, desire, but it also means choice. Um, and just to go back to the Gita for a second before we answer your question directly, Krishna um, goes through, very patiently, walks Arjuna through the whole Bhagavad Gita, right? And then at the very end, <clears throat> he's, he, and he's unambiguous, he's very clear about what Arjuna should do and what Arjuna should not do. And then at the very end, he says, uh, now you've heard my instructions, now do as you wish to do. He doesn't say, do it or else. <laughs> he says, do as you wish to do. So that is actually <clears throat> uh, the, one of the very essences of who we are, that we have choice. Because when you think about it, um, if you put a gun to somebody's head and say, love me, that's not really love. right? Love is uh, when you voluntarily desire the benefit and the welfare and the reciprocation with another person. So Krishna gives us that choice from the very beginning of our, of our existence <clears throat> to, uh, to say, well, you know, I'm going to, Krishna, you know, uh, I know you're there, Bhagme. I'm going to, you know, go on my own for a little while here and check out the world and, yeah. Um, but the, the example is also given that there's like, um, 
in our heart. It's like two birds that are sitting in our heart, us, the soul, and Krishna as the Paramatma or super soul. And we are in the, the figuratively in a tree and we're kind of going after the fruits of the tree. And, and the other bird is just waiting there patiently, hoping that one day the, you'll, the, uh, that the other bird, us, will turn our gaze to this bird and develop, re-establish uh, that relationship with, with the divine, with Krishna. <clears throat> so we have that choice. Uh, and we, we, at some point, made a, uh, a choice that uh, we know will, uh, you know, Krishna, Haribol, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, do something else. I don't know if that helps a little bit. That's basically, that's, it's a very, we could go into much, much more detail about it. But the point is that we, uh, the essence of it is that we have to take responsibility for our actions. And we can't just blame God or blame others. Um, right? My, my wife, uh, she's the president of the temple here, and she used to be a school principal. And, uh, you know, sometimes, especially when a new teacher was having trouble with discipline, uh, she would come into the, uh, the classroom. And, you know, she's the daughter of a general, so she's kind of, you know, she has that bob a little bit. So, you know, she would say, okay, who did this? And all the kids would go, you know, nobody wanted to take responsibility, right? <laughs> they would always blame. And that would, that would be what really upset my wife. She actually wouldn't mind so much if a child was honest. And uh, I threw the rock through the window, you know, or whatever. She actually would appreciate that honesty a lot more than blaming others. So Krishna is a little bit like that. We've, if we take responsibility and in doing so say, okay, Krishna, I'm turning... I've so so long, Krishna buli sejiv anadhir bahir muk, that we've turned our back on Krishna. Right, just like if I did this and started talking, you know, do you feel I'm being very respectful to you right now? Right, it's kind of a really not a very nice thing. Right, so we've turned our back on Krishna. Krishna buli sejiv, there's that word word again, anadhi bahir muk, practically from time immemorial, anadhi. So now we're trying to take responsibility and turn uh, towards Krishna. And the cool thing about it is it's really fun. It's really enjoyable. It satisfies our heart. Um, we feel that some of the bad qualities that we have are starting to go away. We're less angry. We're less lusty. We're less greedy. We're more loving. We're more kind. <clears throat> it's, the process actually works. Is that okay? Thank you for that great question. Jiva? Hare Krishna. So, thank you Prabhu for such nice explanations and uh, the five, you know, kind of decisions that in case of conflict, the five stances someone can take. Well, that's my job in, in the outside world. <laughs> I'm a, I, I'm... So, again, when I read it, it appeared, but like, just like Lord Krishna says to Arjun, you know, meditate on this, my instruction, and then do as you wish. Yeah. It is a similar way Lord Brahma is telling Prithvi Maharaj that understand what the purpose of sacrifice is. Right? Lord right. Krishna in Bhagavad Gita says, Paritranaya sajana vinashaya cha dushkritam dharma sansthapana thaya sambhavami yuge yuge. So he's an empowered, you know, incarnation of the Lord, Shaktavi Shaktar, and when he's performing sacrifices, it's for the benefit of the society. Correct. Overall. 
Now, from that perspective, Lord Brahma is telling him that it actually is leading to more irreligious activities in the future because Indra is taking all these pseudo sannyasis right. forms. That was an interesting point, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. So, if you continue, Indra would do that. Now, it's also very important to pay attention that Indra is senior in age than Prithu Maharaj. So, uh, he did yes. not go to the Oldest son, right? He That's went to true. the younger one because he thinks that the younger one is more mature. <laughs> <laughs> I think Govind agrees with you completely. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Lord Brahma is, you know, he's not going to Indra, who is, you know, who has been there, you know, in this universe longer than Prithu Maharaj appearing as, you know, in his uh, Good lifetime. point. Good point. And he's telling Prithu Maharaj that the very purpose of sacrifice is to benefit society and this irreligion is being spread. So what is the need? Thank and you. he gives the complete choice to Prithu Maharaj and Prithu Maharaj dwells on it and then he automatically gets the benefit because when you right do the thing. sacrifice it is for the satisfaction of Vishnu. Yeah. And Lord Vishnu is so satisfied that he comes and he does something that he doesn't do normally as we'll see. His steps, he touches the earth and he has to take uh, help from Garun's shoulder because he doesn't really, you know, steps on. Right. Hare Thank Krishna. you. Did you have a question? Oh, you want a microphone? Uh, what about Leela? Like, what about Leela? Yeah, like the purpose of everything. Isn't that his Leela? His, like, so what about it? No, I was thinking like sometimes we take life so seriously and... Um, like, if, if you think of it as a play, like, isn't that what makes... Well, we have to make a distinction between what is Leela and what is, what would be a boga. <laughs> uh, in other words, not when Krishna, for example, Krishna... Okay, so these are Leelas, okay? Krishna, Mother Yashoda looks into Krishna's mouth and sees the entire universe and... Uh, so she, she gets this vision of Aishwarya, right? But then she closes the mouth and said, stop eating dirt. Because the Madhurya, the sweetness of her thinking of God, thinking of Krishna as her son, overwhelms the Aishwarya. That's Leela, okay? Or uh, um, Krishna dancing with the gopis. But, you know... Um, if I go to a discotheque, do they have those such things anymore? <laughs> Give away my age here. If I go to a nightclub and go uh, dancing with uh, you know unmarried ladies, that is not Leela. <laughs> that is uh, something else. <laughs> so we have to distinguish between what is because some people will say things like, eh, you know, I, it's it's all Leela, but really Leela is a very 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 exalted uh, concept that is really uh, um, should be um, saved for uh, the Supreme Lord and his uh, most intimate devotees and not be taken cheaply. Is that all right? Very good, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shall we move on? The next verse is also really instructive. Matter of fact, it, it's connected to some of the things that we were talking about here. My dear king, thank you for coming. Hare Krishna. Yes. Please come again. 
My dear king, do not be agitated and anxious because your sacrifices have not been properly executed due to providential impediments. Kindly take my words with great respect. We should always remember that if something happens by providential arrangement, we should not be very sorry. The more we try to rectify such reversals, the more we try to rectify such reversals, the more we enter into the darkest region of materialistic thought. How powerful is this, huh? Um, Prabhupada writes, sometimes the saintly or very religious persons also has to meet with reversals in life. Anyone experience that in their life, reversals? Only one person, okay, good. Such incidents should be taken as prov uh, uh, providential. Although there may be sufficient cause for being unhappy, one should avoid counteracting such reversals. For the more we become implicated in rectifying such reversals, the more we enter into the darkest regions of material anxiety. Lord Krishna <clears throat> has also advised us in this connection. We should tolerate things instead of becoming agitated. So that's right in the very beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, chapter, verse 14. Krishna says, there's going to be heat, there's going to be cold, there's going to be happiness, there's going to be distress, there's going to be people you get along with and love, there's going to be people you don't get along with and wish they were in Patala, you know. Uh, and he says, Tam Tatikshasva. Right? We have to learn to tolerate these things without being disturbed. But I thought we should focus a little on this word providence. And it's not about Rhode Island. It's like, what is that saying? Uh, uh, denial ain't a river in Egypt. So I, I, I did a little research on this. Um, so this was about um, Narda's mom. She wanted to look after my maintenance properly, but because she was not independent, she was not able to do anything for me. The world is under the full control of the Supreme Lord. Therefore, everyone is like a wooden doll in the hands of a puppet master. And then another one. The suffering of Kunti Devi was doubly lamented. She suffered greatly because of early widowhood, and to get her mi minor children brought up in the royal family. And when her children were grown up, she continued to suffer because of her son's actions. So her suffering continued. This means that she was destined to suffer by providence. Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Welcome. Um, and this one has to tolerate without being disturbed. Right, so that so by providence. Okay, now another one. O best of the descendants of Bharata, Yudhisthira, I maintain, therefore, this is um, uh, uh, Bhishma on his deathbed speaking to Yudhisthira. O best among the descendants of Bharata, Yudhisthira, I maintain, therefore, that all this is within the plan of the Lord. Accepting the inconceivable plan of the Lord, you must follow it. You are now the appointed administrative head, and my Lord, you should take care of those subjects who are now rendered helpless. So the inconceivable plan of the Lord. And a few others. Maharaj Prikshit's glory and kindness are therefore sung in history. 
He was a kind and compassionate emperor, fully, fully worthy of accepting surrender even from his enemy. Thus, the personality of Kali was saved by the will of providence. So we use that... that uh, the Shastra or Srila Prabhupada will use that in a couple of different ways, right? Karma, but also Krishna's uh, intervention, right? It's like uh, Prabhupada would say that two people can be working the same job, right? One is a devotee, one is not a devotee. And uh, they seem to be, you know, whatever it is, taking down the boxes, pulling the lever, you know, whatever, you know, you, let's say you do it in a factory. But um, the, the outcome is totally different. Because one is doing it as a, as a karma yoga, as an offering to the Lord. And the other is doing it in a material consciousness. Although the activities look very much the same. Or Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur gives a really neat... Uh, I've never experimented this, maybe because I'm too cheap. I don't want to ruin uh, silk cloth. But he says that if you take silk cloth and you put it up to a fire, you might use this example in the past, you know this one, right? Uh, and then you take it away. Uh, if you um, touch that cloth, it crumbles easily. So he says that, but, but before you touch it, it looks the same as a regular piece of silk cloth, right? So he, but if you touch it a little bit, it crumbles, whereas the other one just remains a silk cloth, right? So he gives this example about the difference between a, a devotee and the, the reactions or the, the, their dealings with providence and a person who's not devoted and their dealings with providence, which is strictly <clears throat> according to their past activities and their karma, right? So... Um, so here it says, again, to repeat, because the word, uh, dear, my dear king, do not be agitated and anxious because your sacrifices have not been properly executed due to providential impediments. Providential impediments. That means, what does that mean? Right? Fate. fate, yes, fate. But we, and, we, and we always try to see the hand of the fate master behind the fate, right? Kindly take my words with great respect. We should always remember that if something happens by providential arrangement, we should not be very sorry. So this is, the, this is again one of the great challenges for us as a devotee, right? Um, to... Uh, to see Krishna's hand in our life. And I think we, talk, we talked about this 10 minutes ago, right? It, to try, so like it's so easy, right, to have that, sometimes to have that 20-20 hindsight, meaning after the fact. And sometimes it's a day later, sometimes it's a week later, sometimes it's five years later, right? Have you ever had that, Mataji, in your life? You know, yes, right? So I think one of the, the skills we should try to develop, or the consciousness we should try to develop is to shorten that time period. <laughs> so it doesn't take five years before we say, oh, that was Krishna's mercy. Right? But at least theoretically to say, this is happening to me. It's really, um, it's really bewildering, but there must be some, there's got to be Krishna's hand in this. Some, something here, there, there's a lesson, there's something to be uh, benefited here. 
Um, yes, go ahead. Is it correct to understand that Krishna's uh, hand in our life is uh, through the agency of karmas? Well, sometimes it's said that Krishna uses our karma to teach us. But, it's, it, that, but that karma, it's like, um, it has a different effect because he's using it uh, to, teach us a les to teach us lessons. And that's the way I've heard it from a reliable source. So the reason I'm asking this is Just one second. Maharaj, what we often do uh, when a senior devotee comes is um, we set up a chair here and, we, and it's very informal. We, we share the class because it's only another 25 minutes of class. Would you be willing to? Okay, no worries. No, no problem. Take care of your, your needs. Nice to see you. No, 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 not at all. Hare Krishna. Mataji, would you like to? <laughs> She's much more advanced than me. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we'd like to hear it. And this may not, this may just be a conjecture, but as a chaplain, we have on our assessment chart, does a person see what's happening to them as providence or are they in despair? Mm. And, um, mm. you know, there's, there's, uh, sometimes you'll find, and I have had this in my life as well, <laughs> where something will super, something will happen. Like a guy has a car accident, so he ends up in the emergency room. And as they're doing an examination, they discover that he has liver cancer that they would never have discovered had he not had the heart. Uh, heart. Uh. And this, the patient will say, ah, oh, this is God, this is, uh, this was a blessing because I would never have known it had I not had a car accident. And so some, I don't know, I mean, I, like, like we were just saying, it's, it, there are certain things that are destiny that perhaps at the moment of your birth, from a previous lifetime, like Prabhupada, we knew, he knew from that horoscope that at the age of 70, he'd be coming to America. He kind of knew for how many years he already had that in his head because he talked about it. How it played out were the details, and sometimes it appears like the karma, the action makes it happen, but what, whatever which way it happened, that was destiny that he had to come to America. Mm. It was already from a previous lifetime. And so sometimes we have, and um, based on perhaps intentions that we're meditating on um, since years, and it just suddenly something happens, and it's a superficial reason, a, re a cause, um, an immediate cause. But the ultimate cause is that you needed to experience this, or this needed to open up in right. a different way. But so you have immediate cause, and then you have ultimate cause. Yes. Which I would say is probably more providential than yes, just karma. Right. I don't right. know. Yeah. It's sometimes said that, you know, we we um, we walk by faith more than by sight, and often we don't see things around the curve of our life, but we have faith that Krishna does. Um, and uh, so it's 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 a it's, there's very much a spiritual practice behind 
dealing with providence, understanding providence, uh, accepting providence, um, and focusing mainly on, um, on, it's not so much, you know, I mean, it's so easy to say this and so hard to live it, <laughs> but that it's not so, it's not what happens to us that's as important as how we react to what happens to us. In, in you know, in, in uh, people often talk about a stimulus and a response, right? Something happens and then we respond to it. And so for us, our, um, we should try to put a pause, um, not P-A-W-S, like dogs, but P-A-U-S-E, <laughs> A pause between the stimulus and the response, and and you know consider shastra, consider what we know about the right thing to do, and have that kind of response. You could say the stimulus might be providential, but the response is up to us. Right, as much as Hridayananda um, Nandamarj's favorite uh, example about uh, predestination and karma, right, uh, and free choice that. When you, like tomorrow, I'm flying to uh, Cas Casper, Wyoming. So when I, uh, actually, you know, through Denver. So when I'm going to Denver, once the plane takes off, you know, barring any disaster, it's going to Denver. It's, it's destined to go to Denver. But while I'm in the airplane, I can, I can take, I can sleep, I can read the Bhagavad Gita, I can chant, I can talk to the person next to me, I can watch a movie, I can, you know, do so many, I have free choice within that destiny, within that providence. So, what, uh, but we can get very, 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 very caught up in what's hap what, what is happening to us and easily forgetful of um, that this might be a lesson by Krishna. Krishna. I'm sure if we went around the room, we could all talk about some... Uh, time and maybe some embarrassing time <laughs> when we at first didn't see Krishna's hand but later did. <laughs> okay, anything else on this? You know, we could talk about this. It's such a, it's such a powerful uh, verse and purport. And Prabhupada also says that, you know, we have to learn to tolerate things. Toleration. We talked about toleration last week in the Sunday Open House. And since this is mainly an in-house crowd here, we can talk about this. I, I, I was not, I wasn't fully, I was a little afraid of what I said because I emphasized tolerance according to what Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, according to our philosophy. That's fine. But um, I had a, a person come up to me who was clearly in some kind of abusive relationship. And I think they could have taken that principle and apply it in a way that might not be uh, favorable to their life and even to their spiritual, to their Krishna consciousness, right? So everything, um, you know, as, uh, everything has to be then uh, heard in the Shastra and then applied intelligently in our life. So yes, we should generally be tolerant if, it, you know, don't, oh, it's so cold out today, oh, it's so warm, and we get it's so, oh, I'm not so happy, to, oh, yeah, oh, I got a flat tire, you know, but then there's our things in life that we should, you know, apply tolerance intelligently. Is that all right? Make sense? All right, shall we sally forth to the next 
chapter? Oh, no, we still have another verse or two. No, we have a few more verses, I think. Lord Brahma continued, Stop the performance of these sacrifices, for they have induced Indra to introduce so many irreligious aspects. <clears throat> you should know very well that even amongst the demigods, there are many unwanted desires. So he's giving a bit of a reality check there. <laughs> right. um, just see how Indra, the king of heaven, was creating disturbance in the midst of the sacrifice by stealing the sacrificial horse. These attractive sinful activities he has introduced will be carried out by the people in general. O King Prithu, son of Vena, you are the part and parcel expansion of Lord Vishnu. Due to the mischievous activities of King Vena, uh, religious principles were almost lost. At that opportune moment, you descended as the incarnation of Lord Vishnu. Indeed, for the protection of religious principles, you have appeared from the body of King Vena. So don't we do that sometimes? He's kind of like reminding him of why, you know, what life's all about or, you know, what, or the choices that he's made in the past, good choices that he's made or you know, good purposes that he had. And just saying, you've got to continue this, right? You, know, you were here for a reason. Oh, protector of the people in general, please consider the purpose of your being incarnated by Lord Vishnu. The irreligious principles created by Indra are but mothers, of so many unwanted religions. Please, therefore, stop these imitations immediately. And Prabhupada writes in the purport, at the end, Lord Brahma requested Prithumaras to desist from his unnecessary competition with Indra, who was determined to stop Prithumaras from competing, completing 100 yagnas. Instead of creating adverse reactions, it was better for Maharaj Prithu to stop the yagnas in the interest of his original purpose as an incarnation. This purpose was to establish good government and set things in the right order. So he was reminding him of his primary duty. And sometimes we get sidetracked by secondary or tertiary uh, duties that are really not, should not be the focus of our, uh, of our activities or of our life. Right? It's easy to get distracted and deviated. And here he's saying, now this is, you know, this is, remember your main thing, good government, setting things right. right? It, it's, uh, what do they say? The enemy of the great is the good. Right? We can do, because in one sense we understand from the fourth chapter, verse 13 of the Bhagavad Gita, we all have God-given um, expertise. Right? Krishna says, Chaturvarnyam mayashristam guna karma vipagasa. That uh, we all have God-given expertise. Whether, whether, even if it's the expertise of being like the best vacuum, vacuumer of a rug, right? Or a king, or a scholar, or whatever. Um, and when we say the enemy of great is good, is sometimes we'll be asked, especially if you know, we've been around this world or this movement for some time, we get asked to do this, asked to do that, go here, go there. And sometimes those can be a distraction from what we really are meant to do in our service to Krishna. So uh, what do they say? The no is the new yes. <laughs> that sometimes you have to say no to things in order to really focus on uh, our, our greatest, as devotees, our greatest offering to Lord Krishna. And Krishna talks about this in the Gita. Vyavasayatmika buddhir ekeha. That single-minded... Uh, determination. And so here that's basically what Lord Brahma is doing. 
said, no, you know, you remember, you came here for a reason. We churned Vena's body for a reason. You know, he was, uh, first there were all these rogues and thieves, and then we got in Vena involved, and he got rid of them, but then he became the biggest rogue and thief. And so something had to be done, so we churned his body, and first uh, uh, Bahuka came out, and then you, and Archie said, we went through all that trouble, so stick to, you know, <laughs> Get with it. Stick to your purpose. Yes. We have this, um, uh, as a chaplain, I mean, this is my reference point, counseling, is, uh, as far as creating boundaries. You have said the no is the new yes. Um, just because it needs to be done doesn't mean it's yours to do. Mm. Uh, sometimes people, because the, the, the world is an ocean of need. There's so much suffering, and it's like a hole that you can never fill. You know, like there's so many things that could be done to make this world a better place. And so the question is, is what does God want you to do? What is, what is yours to do? What have you been called to do? Or you're appointed, your skill or whatever. But right. it's really about, yeah, you're right. Creating a boundary, figuring out what your task is, per, perhaps from your spiritual master or for the yeah. your super soul or whatever. But yeah, you can't do it all. And a lot of devotees fall into the trap of uh, just saying yes to everything. Well, that was the old that was the old mood. You that know, I've, I've even heard lectures where you be a yes man, Christian is yes man. Yes, and that's yes. good, and maybe in the beginning, but in the end, uh, yeah, we have to. to I was like that. Up. I was. Um, I think I set the record for being a temple president for the shortest amount of time. <laughs> this was like 1986, maybe, and. Uh, I was a uh, brahmacharya at the time, and what happened was uh, in Detroit, and I just said yes to everything. And somebody, you know, said, "Well, I'm going away for two weeks. Can you cover all my offering? You know, all my deity worship and all." Yes, and yes, and I wasn't getting enough sleep. I was, I was just totally burnt out. <laughs> so I didn't last very long. I, I just one day got on an airplane and went to India. <laughs> And I ran into my GBC there, Ravinda Superbu, and he said, what are you doing here? You're the tall president. <laughs> I said, not anymore. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, yes, it, it, but it, it, is, it is really uh, an important lesson, uh, an important lesson in life to focus on um, uh, our contribution. We can't con contribute everything. And I'm not very good at that. My wife is quite good at that. She's pretty clear about what she should do and what she shouldn't do. I, even at work, I say yes to way too many things. It's, I think it's the early training in Krishna consciousness. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so, the great sage Maitreya continued, when King Prithu was thus advised by the supreme teacher, Lord Brahma, he abandoned his eagerness to perform yagnas with great affection, concluded a peace with King Indra. So this is very instrumental, right? Instrumental, instructive. Uh, and it comes up in the next verse, a few verses. Not only did he make peace, like begrudgingly, right? Like, you know, right, two brothers, I'm sorry. You know, parent says, I'm, say you're sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right? Right? But here, he was such a, Vaishnava was such a, this big heart, you know, he, 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 great affection concluded a peace with King Indra. 
After this, Prithu Maharaj took his bath, which is customarily taken after the performance of a jagna, and received the benedictions and due blessings of the demigods who were very pleased by his glorious activities. With great respect, the original king, Prithu, offered all kinds of rewards to the brahmanas present at the sacrifice. Since all these brahmanas were very much satisfied, they gave their heartfelt blessings to the king. Now that doesn't mean as brahmanas we should only be satisfied when we get big gifts. Right? Right? You know, you know we should, uh, just like Krishna says in the Gita, patram pushpam palam toyam yome bhakti parachi. He said he's satisfied just with a leaf, a flower, fruit. And these are all mentioned in singular. He doesn't mean a, a grove of mangoes. <laughs> a leaf, a fruit, ek, right? If they're offered with bhakti, he mentions bhakti twice in the verse. So suddenly a brahmana uh, does service to humanity and may, uh, like yesterday we had a, a, the grain ceremony for... Um, Ambarish Prabhu's grandson, right, and, and things like that. But you know, the Brahmin shouldn't say, "Oh, I wonder how much donation I'm going to get out of this." No, we we they talk about seeing Krishna's arrangement. We say, "Well, Krishna, if someone gives a dakshin or doesn't give dakshin or gives a mango or gives uh, ten thousand dollars, it's like Ram Ram." The devotee lives at the mercy of the Lord. That's Brahminical culture. But I, so my so my my understanding is here: the Brahmins would weren't so satisfied because of all kinds of rewards, rewards, but because of the 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 uh, respect and the kindness and the um, devotional offering that King Prithu gave. Right? More than you know, you know, just like uh, uh, when I was a kid growing up, I grew up in a Jewish family, and. Um, um, we, and bar mitzvahs, which is when you become a man at 13 years old, which is kind of funny. You become a man one day, and then the next day you're back in the seventh grade. <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> uh, but they, the, whole, the whole ritual in a bar mitzvah is everyone comes up to you, puts their arm around you, and then puts a check in your coat pocket. Right? And I just remember all the time, all, all, the, all my friends, we'd go in the back room and start counting, how much did he get? You know, you know, adding up the, uh, the checks. It wasn't exactly the... Uh, I don't think that was probably the original mood of a bar mitzvah, but it was kind of the New York Jewish uh, culture that surrounded those things. All the great sages and Brahmins said, Almighty King, by your invitation, all classes of living entities have attended this assembly. They have come from Prituloka and the heavenly planets, and great sages as well as common men have attended this meeting. None, uh, now all of them are very much satisfied by your dealings and your charity towards them. And then, then the guest of honor appears in the next chapter. Uh, we might as well start it. The great sage Maitreya continued, my dear Vidura, being very much satisfied by the performance of 99 horse sacrifices, the Supreme Personality of God, Lord Vishnu, appeared on the scene. Accompanying him, him was King Indra. Lord Vishnu then began to speak. My dear King Prithu, Indra, the King of Heaven, has disturbed your execution of 100 sacrifices. Now he has come with me to be forgiven by you. Therefore, excuse him. If Krishna comes and does that, you're probably going to go, ha, ah, yes. I will excuse him, definitely. <laughs> o King, one who has 
is advanced in intelligence and eager to perform welfare activities for others is considered best among human, amongst human beings. An advanced human being is, very, is never malicious to others. Those with advanced intelligence are always conscious that this material body is different from the soul. And in the Purpur Prabhupada writes at the very end, one who is both devoted and highly advanced in intelligence does not take action against the soul or the body. If there are any discrepancies, he forgives. It is said that forgiveness is a quality of those, uh, are those who are advancing in spiritual knowledge. Forgiveness is a... It's like humility in the sense that it can be done superficially or it can be done um, in a way that really purifies and satisfies the heart. Right? You, know, you know, you can be humble, you can go around paying obeisances to devotees all day long. And, right? I think they're called dandavat devotees. Right? Right? But real humility is understanding how great Krishna is, how insignificant I am and how much in need of his mercy. It's a very, it's a deep, very deep. So forgiveness, um, yeah, it's Jai Shri Shri Gornitai, Sita Ram Lakshman Hanuman, Shishi Radha Madan Mohan. Rambaru Matsuji, can you speak about forgiveness a little bit? Well, sometimes we have this notion that forgiveness means to condone another person's activity. And it um, doesn't mean that at all. It means to let it go. Even it may not be that you have to love the person who did it. It may not mean that you, you agree, okay, I deserve that even. It happened. Christian's right. mercy. It doesn't you know, let it go. Uh, and let the person go so that you're not meditating about that forever uh, viciously or whatever just it mm -hmm. happened accept mm. it but it's not it, it, this is a big big uh, problem with people who try to forgive some heinous crime is that right. they think if I forgive them it means I'm saying I'm condoning that right. it was okay that they did that to me that does not that's not what it means. Well, you said so many things there. Yeah. And in one sense, we're not condoning what Indra did in, in, in uh, Lord Vishnu asking him to... Uh, yes. And, and the point about condoning is important. There's something that I... I it's part of my work called restorative justice. Mm. Oh, yeah, I know that's you. Yeah. Right, which is... That, uh, and it's not condoning a wrongdoing, but it's a way of uh, giving the person who committed an offense... Uh, it's, it has to be done very carefully, but to restore the relationship. It actually all began, um, since this will be the last thing we talk about today, uh, many, many years ago in Canada, where just by chance. Uh, I guess we say chance in quotes, right, in ISKCON, because of divine arrangement, providence, whatever. So some teenagers had like th something like thrown a brick through the window of uh, uh, an elderly woman's uh, house and so what normally would be if once they were caught they would go to they would they would be you know um, whatever taken to jail or sentenced and this that and they, the, probably the elderly woman would probably, might not even know what happened right but somehow the policeman got this idea that and he, he he caught the two teenagers and he brought them to her house they rang the doorbell and they sat down with her and uh, he the police said what are you going to do about this 
and the, 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 the kids were kind of, you know, good natured in one sense, and they just, you know, anyway, it worked out that they, um, they were going to, they were going to replace the window and cut her lawn or something like that for the summer. And that wrong, that, re, that repaired the relationship, uh, right? It, uh, it restored, even made it better in some ways. So, so, the, so, you know, because oftentimes in our system, the wrongdoer, the person who's been wrong done, never even knows what happens to the wrongdoer, right? It's, right. You know. And you're not even legally supposed to connect with someone, you know, in, in the legal system. They right. get punished, but you not, you don't even allowed to have Right, so it has to be, and for good reason, sometimes it has yeah. to be done carefully. So, um, so here, you know, of course, it's a little different when the Supreme Lord says, hey, restore this relationship. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know um, but... Uh, and there was one other thing that you said. I can't. There was three things that I was catching. Uh, I can't remember the other one. Just accept it. I, I wanted just to say one other little piece on that. A lot, often when something like that happens, people will go, "Why did this happen?" They get focused on why, yeah. and and why did God punishing me? Why? But it's really the question at at any crisis moment like that is, "What now?" Mm. Okay, so it happened. Now, what are we going to do? Exactly. So restore it or to. Because you can repeat it in your mind again and again, just like we understand that um, in some ways, Kangsa meditated on Krishna a lot more intensely than us and a lot more intensely than even many devotees, right? But it wasn't favorable. It was, you know, it was meditating on, you know, out of whatever anger and things like that. So we also can often meditate on our enemies more than our friends. You know, again, enemies in air quotes, right? Or the wrongdoers. Right? It, it can be very intense. I don't know if anyone ever that, had that experience in your life. Right? Um, but that is not favorable to our spiritual consciousness. So therefore, forgiveness is also important spiritually. So we can, like, okay, what's done is done, and let me focus on Krishna instead of that rascal, I'm going to get him, and you know, why did Krishna do this? And, you know, and all that mental gymnastics that accompany it. Okay, so we are done for this week. It is, my computer just told me it's 12 o'clock. It, it tells me every half hour how I just wasted the last half hour of my life. Um, so we continue uh, with Lord Vishnu's appearance uh, in the arena of sacrifice next week. Hare Krishna. <laughs>